Blessings to all of you. Catch the fire family. We miss you so, so much. It's a joy whenever we get to see some of our family online. And so I'm coming to you from Northern Mozambique. Roland and I send our love and we pray that together as we count the cost and we carry the message of this beautiful Savior Jesus to the world, that all of us will go deeper inside his beautiful heart. But I believe that the Lord's going to use this online message to also touch your hearts. So I'm going to be speaking from one of my favorite passages because um, the Lord just keeps reminding me that this is what he's doing right now. John 6. After this, Jesus went up to the other side of Lake of Tiberias, which is also known as Lake Galilee. And a massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and the healings they watched him perform. Jesus went up the slope of the hill and sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of the Passover. And there were many pilgrims on the way to Jerusalem in the crowd. So first of all, what's going on here? Jesus has a crowd around him because of the miracles. We've seen this so many times as we've gone to the bush and we've gone to the villages and we start to have a meeting and we're worshiping God and suddenly the power of God shows up and the blind start to see, the deaf start to hear. And when that happens, people start to gather and suddenly there's just a great need to feed everybody. I'm going to tell you one story. When we first uh, started here in Cabo Delgado, we didn't really have a base and it was on the Village of Joy. And I remember it was our first conference. We were so excited. And these brand new believers and many who weren't yet believers, we just like picked them up in our trucks. We said, welcome to a conference. Um, you're going to be able to eat there and, and worship there. And we're going to pray for people. So all these people came over, 400 men and their women and children. And I got this call from one of the pastors said, you have to come right now. They're having this huge riot. And I'm like, why are you calling me? I don't want to be involved in the riot. Well, what happened was this precious woman from another country had taken larium. It's a drug people take, an anti-malaria drug, and, and it's not always good for people. So she went a little off and she was screaming, running down the street. She was removing her clothing. It was a scene. And so they called me in at that moment to help. And I'm thinking, why are you calling me right now? This is nuts. And the Lord said, you need to go. So I went I showed up and these men are just screaming and yelling. They've got rocks, they've got sticks, and they're super angry. The women and children are at the bottom of the base. We just had this very, very makeshift kitchen. It was like rocks and some sticks and some plastic. It was just so makeshift. But we were trying to do our best. But this precious um, woman that had come to volunteer had locked the food up. 
So we didn't have food for everybody. The Lord spoke to me really, really clearly. He said, go low, go low. So what I did was I walked in there and they were screaming and yelling, do you want to starve us to death? And I just, it was go low. So what I did was I said, I'm so sorry. This is not something we wanted to happen. There's a precious woman that had the keys to the warehouse and she's very sick right now. And I'm so sorry, please forgive us. And what happened was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. They suddenly, they just put down their sticks. They put down their rocks. They looked me in the eyes and they said, we forgive you, mama. I was so undone by it. I was so blessed by it. And I thought, okay, now what do we do? And we had cooked one pot of spaghetti, very big pot about this big. That pot of spaghetti was already ready. And we had bread for the next morning that was already purchased. Um, and some people got together with, there were other internationals there with Mozambicans. And I just said, let's pray, just give out the food. And I have to go check on something else. And they were really worried. They were like, what? You're going to just leave us here like this? I said, yes, you're going to see God do a miracle. I kid you not, in the midst of that situation, up came the women, up came the children. Every single man, woman, and children ate. All the visitors ate as well. And it was just a glorious, miraculous day. So I'm thinking about how right now, maybe you are going through a challenge in your business, in your work, um, just in your life, in your family, being cooped up. You can't go and worship corporately, most of you right now. And there's just so much going on. And I want to remind you that that Jesus is king over the flood and just lift up your eyes and focus on Jesus. This is the part we see next. So powerful. I love this story because there are all kinds of dynamics going on. The Passover's there. There are pilgrims there. They're all on their way to Jerusalem. There's this huge crowd and Jesus sat down. He looked up and he saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill for they wanted to be near him. Whenever the Lord's presence and power is falling and manifesting itself, people want to be around the very presence of God. They always wanted to be around Jesus. I've been um, right near this place many many times maybe on the exact spot many many times as i uh, before the world basically closed to travel i used to travel a third of my life and about 20 percent of that time was in israel so i know the hill i know what it looks like i could just feel those crowds of people just hungry and desperate and they were hungry to hear the word of God. They were hungry to, to hear uh, what Jesus had to say. But after a while, they were also 
hungry physically. So what happened when everyone um, was there, they didn't know how they were going to feed these people. And Jesus was there and he, he turned, he, he turned to Philip and he said, where are we going to buy enough food to feed all these people? That's a really good question. Right now we're feeding between 17,000 and 20,000 internally displaced people every single day in Cabo Delgado, Mozambique. These displaced people because of the conflicts in Cabo Delgado in northern Mozambique. The UN has come up with some statistics. There are over 250,000 internally displaced people. So I understand the feeling of how are we going to get food for all these people to eat? Just feeding a small number, 17,000, 20,000, which feels like a very small number when you're looking at 250,000, some reports 300,000 people that are internally displaced, that are hungry, that are desperate. And so I'm, I'm understanding this story in in a very very personal way our teams are understanding it in a very personal way so there were these crowds of people pressing in hungry listening desperate and jesus turned to philip and he said where can we buy enough food to feed all these people and i feel like the lord's turning to to us turning to our team saying to us where are we going to find enough food to feed all these people now jesus already knew what he was about to do jesus always knows what he's about to do he always knows what he's about to do in your life whether you're in singapore whether you're in texas whether you're in europe whether you're in south america america jesus always knows what he's about to do and so what happened uh, he asked Philip this question and Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, a padasio, a tiny little bit, it would cost a fortune to buy enough food for these people. We know that's true. We know it does cost a fortune to buy food for all these people, for all these internally displaced people, for all these people that need love and prayer and ministry. And all of you in your worlds, wherever you are, there are people that are in need. There are people that are hungry, that are dying, that are sick, that are in desperate situations. What are we going to do? Where are we going to get enough food, enough spiritual food and enough physical food to feed these people, whether it be in Asia, whether it be in in America, maybe it's in Texas, maybe you're looking around at the crowd, maybe it's in Singapore, you're looking around at the crowd and maybe you can't even touch them physically, but the Lord is asking the question, where are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? And it's it's in the secret place. 
Wow. It's face to face with Jesus that we understand that he is the bread, that he is the heavenly wine, that he is the one. He is the spiritual food. And we could feed everybody displaced in Cabo Delgado. But if we do not feed them the spiritual bread, the very presence of the Lord feeding them, if we do not feed them the word of God, whether it be audio Bibles or or New Testaments, whatever it is, if we don't feed them the spiritual word, then we have left them to starve to death. I feel the same things true, whether you're in Asia or whether you're in America, whether you're in Europe, South America, Africa, the same thing's true. We need the spiritual food that only comes from living in the secret place. Wow, face to face with Jesus, heart to heart with Jesus. We need to be connected to Jesus. Without him, we die. Well, Philip was looking at this in the natural, and we all have a tendency to look at things in the natural. Um, we have a tendency to look at the COVID crisis. We have a tendency to look at the stats that the UN's putting out. All of these things are important for us to understand. We need to know what's going on in the world. But at the same time, we have a different perspective. We have a heavenly perspective. We know that there is always enough because Jesus died and rose from the dead. So here's the situation here's what happened in the word in john 6 reading now from the passion translation verse 8 but just then andrew peter's brother spoke up and said look here is a young person with five barley loaves and two small fish but how far would they go with this huge crowd and he said, have everyone sit down. And other translations say, have everyone sit down in groups. Some translations even tell how many people were sitting down in the groups. And Jesus said to his disciples, so on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. Jesus said, the, Jesus then took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to his disciples. He gave it to the people that were serving with him. That's a huge key. He gave it to the people who are serving with him. What did he give to the people serving with him? What did he give to the disciples serving with him? He gave them a portion of that little boy's lunch. What did it take? I just always think of that little guy. What did it take for that little guy to look at that crowd with his little ridiculous portion, his little ridiculous little lunch? What did it take for that little boy to look at that massive crowd of people with his little lunch, with just 
fish and bread. In the natural, people could have mocked him. I imagine some did. Who do you think you are trying to give Jesus your little ridiculous little lunch? What's that going to do among all these people? I feel like that so many times. I just, I just want to tell you how I feel. Like living here, I haven't traveled now since um, approximately six months. The last place I was was in Singapore and Philippines before I came home to Mozambique via California. And I mean, I, I just hit the ground running and I thought, Lord, there's just too much. There's so much hunger. There's so much suffering. The stories that we hear every day of, of people whose family members have been decapitated in front of them. I mean, when there was one story I just heard, a father of six, his little boy, six years old, a father of five, excuse me, his little boy, um, six years old, would not deny Jesus, and um, the Al-Shabaab tied him up, and they chopped off this um, the head of this little boy in front of the father, and he was told to go and tell everybody what they did, uh, and they said, we want everyone to know what we did, and we will not tolerate any anybody from another faith here. And I know that um, there's so much um, beautiful ways, especially I'm thinking of, uh, of the people in Asia, that you're able to live together uh, with people of different faiths. And I think that is such a powerful thing. And I, I just want to commend you for that because love always looks like something. We need to be able to live together in peace and in harmony. But as I hear these stories day after day, uh, there are times when I say, Lord, it's just too much for me. And I look at our little team. We have a beautiful team. 99% uh, uh, of our team, maybe more, are Mozambican brothers and sisters. Uh, and as we go out, I still think, wow, we feel like we're, we have so little in the face of such need. But the Lord just reminds me again, and I want to remind you to, to take your eyes off of yourself, to take your eyes off of your lunch and fix your eyes on the one who is worthy. Fix your eyes on Jesus and trust him to multiply what he has given you. Trust him to multiply what he has put in your heart, in your spirit, in your hands. Trust him to multiply that. So um, here is a, is a very powerful story. As I think about how they went out, the people were sitting down and he gave this food, uh, this little boy's lunch. He gave it to his disciples and they went out. Miraculously, the food multiplied and everyone eating, they all had what they wanted. And when everyone was satisfied, Jesus told his disciples, now go 
and gather up the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. The disciples filled up 12 baskets of fragments, a basket of leftovers for each disciple. All the people were astounded as they saw with their own eyes the incredible miracle Jesus had performed. They began to say among themselves, he really is the one, the true prophet we have been expecting. Such a powerful story from John 6. And we have um, an amazing now story from our Agape Children's Center. Um, we, we usually feed uh, between 440 to 450 uh, children every day in the Agape program. So they come and they're discipled, they have dramas and they sing and it's just so beautiful. But when the COVID shutdown came, we had to close uh, that Agape program, but the government still allows us to feed the children, but not cooked food. We have to bring the food, give the food to them, uh, as as uh, food that hasn't been cooked yet. So we have rice and beans and soap. And what happened was all of these children started to come because it was the day they would receive the food. And uh, there was a rascal, a really little rascally guy that decided if he went out to the village and told people, told the mamas and the papas, if you give me 50 medicais, which which is about um hmm, it's about sixty cents. If you give me that money, then I'm gonna put your child on the list. What he didn't know was that we had already counted all the the list of all the children that are already in the Gopi program, and we did not buy extra food. We only bought a, maybe an extra ten portions of this. Uh, rice and beans and the soap and the things we were giving out. And so this rascal went around. And so when it came time to distribute the food, there were far more children than we had anticipated. In fact, there were 1,475 children that showed up to receive this offering of food. So this was a big challenge for us. And I, I remember just thinking, Lord Jesus, what do we do? And I'm looking at these children. I'm looking at these amazing Mozambican volunteers. And I'm thinking, Lord, what do we do? I'm looking in our little warehouse and realizing there's no possible way if you stretch the food we bought for 440, which could have probably stretched to 460, there's no possible way we're going to be able to feed over a thousand more children. So I thought of this story of John 6. I love this story because years and years ago, when I had a powerful impression in a revival, when I saw the multitudes of hungry people, the Lord really showed me himself. And I saw this beautiful face of Jesus in this powerful impression. And, and his eyes were just burning fiery love. And then I saw, I saw all of these children, all of these children, 
And I remember screaming, no, no, no. And the Lord showing me his face and, and taking a piece of flesh from his side and, and saying, give it to the children to eat. And, and I thought, how can you give flesh to a child? Uh, but I reached out and I gave that first, uh, first piece and it turned into bread in my hands. And that changed my life forever. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I died that there would always be enough. And that was um, something that transformed my life forever. And so during this particular day, I went back to that story. This In this impression that I had many, many years ago, the Lord also gave me a cup and blood and water flowed from his side. And he said it was a cup of suffering and joy. Would I drink it? And I remember that day in this powerful impression where I took that cup of suffering and joy and I drank it. And then without words, the Lord without words communicated just heart to heart with me, face to face, heart to heart, and said, I died that there would always be enough. These children in the Agape program are extraordinarily hungry. The, the situation in our country, in our province here, with the radical insurgents is, is absolutely desperate. So many, many more family members are coming in to move in to this little place Cabo Delgado, this little place, Pemba, that feels a little more secure to them. And so these children are in need of this food, which they're going to share with their families. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? I, I absolutely didn't know what we were going to do at that moment. But I knew we needed a miracle. We just needed a miracle. Because when you look into the faces of those children, you know they're hungry. Their families are hungry. And these children, all of these children are lovers of Jesus. They're all worshipers. They're all lovers of Jesus. And, and now all these other children have come in and they want to eat too. And so I remember just thinking, Lord, um, just do something. What do you want me to do? And the thing that came to my heart was uh, the story of John again. Uh, and from the Gospel of John. So I looked into the kids' eyes and I said, why don't you come in here and lay hands on this food and pray to Jesus that he would multiply this food. And then you get to pass it out because the Lord is faithful. So you can pass out the food. So these children, three, four of these children came and they they were the next ones in line. They laid hands on the beans. They laid hands on the rice. And um, we were there. The counters were there. Felizardo was there registering every name of the child. Mana Ancha was there. Everybody was attentive. We all knew how many kids were there. 
And so they got down there and they start praying over the food. They sang over the food. They gave it to Jesus. They said, Lord, just do whatever you're going to do. It was so beautiful. They prayed in in Makua, the local dialect, and it was just glorious. And then I said, you get to pass out the food. And they started to pass out the food to these children and they would pass out 10, 15 portions. And it was a, it was heavy. And then I thought after they passed out 10, 15 portions to let them back in line because they were still learning about this faith journey. So I let them back in line so they could receive the food and the soap. And then um, also because it was heavy and then they went off with their food. And then we had the next group of children Come again, lay hands on that food that was left over, pray over that food, and begin to pass it out. This went on. This went on until we fed every single one of those children. Uh, and we didn't actually feed them food. We gave them food. 1,475 children. Hallelujah. That absolutely transformed our hearts. I mean, we've seen it before, but in the times when there's COVID crisis, when the little stores they have are being shut down, when means people that used to be able to do little odd jobs are now not able to do odd jobs. This was an incredibly important miracle for these children. And the thing that I loved was they got to participate in the miracle. And what I want to share with you, all of you, wherever you are, is that you get to participate too. That you get to participate in the miracle too. And some of you think, wow, that's for people with super faith. That's for extraordinary people. Or maybe that's for preachers. Uh, in this, we'll say, Wahemba, Ota, Matiri. That's a lie. That's not the truth. These kinds of things can happen for every believer. God wants to empower you with his Holy Spirit. God wants to empower you with faith. And he wants to use you empowered by powerful, powerful Holy Spirit to stop for the one in need. He wants you to go into the secret place full of his love, full of his anointing. And he wants you to worship him in the secret place. You can't worship in the big meetings anymore, but you can worship in the secret place with him. Whatever your government allows, if it's 10 people, two people, just your family right now, on the 18th of August in Mozambique, we're going to be allowed to worship 50 people together. It doesn't matter whether it's one or two or 10 or 50. We are going to worship the one who is worthy. And we're going to go out and we're going to see our neighbor. And if you can only go out and see one person or you can only go out to the grocery store, you're, you're called and anointed by God to Carry the 
oil of his presence, to carry the anointing of God and stop for the one in need. For the last 24 years, I've been preaching on stopping for the one. For the last 24 years, I've been calling everybody I can. I'm just a little mama, but I've been calling as, as loudly as I can that every single believer on the planet would stop in the secret place and worship Jesus with all of their heart and then stop for the one in need and bless the one in need. And the Lord knows what's in your hand. Ask the Lord, what's in your hand? What's in my hand? And the Lord will multiply it. I want to read just a, a little bit more from John 6. Jesus answered, John 6, 29. Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. Come on. We are called to believe in Jesus. We are called to eat and drink of Jesus. Believe in the power of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the passion of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. We are to believe in the one he has sent, not just the preachers, not just the students, not just the missionaries, not just the ministers, but every single Christian on the planet, every single lover of Jesus on the planet. We all get to do the stuff and we can all love people of all faiths. We can all love people of all faiths. How will people know the love of God unless we demonstrate the love of God? Love looks like something beloved and love looks like you sharing your bread with the hungry. It looks like you sharing your bread with the hungry and believing that God can multiply. It looks like you sharing your gift, your talent, what God has given you. Share it with the hungry. Share it with believers. Share it with those that yet not yet do not know who this glorious savior of the world is. Share the love, share the love, share the love. Oh, wow. Listen to this. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life, to feed the world. Who did he give his life to feed? The world. That means Cabo Delgado. That means everybody in America, everybody in Singapore, everybody in South America, everybody in China, everybody in Africa, everybody in Europe. God gave his life for everyone on the planet. He gave himself away. That is just so powerful. What are we doing? God has called us to share the love and the life of Jesus. And sometimes he calls us to feed the hungry physically like he's called us to do. And I actually feed, I feel like he's called all of us to feed the hungry in some way. So I'm going to back up on that one. I feel we're all called to feed the hungry in some way. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to the world. Then, please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. That's how I feel with these displaced people groups. Like, 
wow, give us this rice, give us this bean every day. We need these beans. We need every day. And we give them the audio Bible. We give them uh, New Testaments because we've been blessed with these New Testaments for free. And we give them out and it's incredible. But Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Come to me every day. Come to me every day and you will never be hungry. Wow. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Yet I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe me. So many believers still aren't believers. So many believers still aren't believers because even though he's shown you himself in this beautiful word, even though he's shown you himself, he's, he's saying, I need you to see in another way. I need you to see in a deeper way who I am. I need you to come to me every day and eat. How do you eat Jesus? How do you drink Jesus? It's such a mystery. It's such a mystery. But one thing you can do, you can take communion. You can take communion every day. And you can be in the word of God every day. And you can worship the Lord every day. And you can spend time in the secret place every day. And you can be undone by the presence of the one who is worthy every day. And finally, you can live in such a way that you let your light shine. You let your light shine everywhere you go. When you eat Jesus and you drink Jesus, you're going to smell like Jesus. When you eat Jesus and you drink Jesus, you're going to be able to love like Jesus. You're going to be able to be the hands and the feet of Jesus on this planet. So I just feel right now to pray for, for, for those of you that just want to maybe fall to your knees, uh, lift up your hands in your own home, just in your own place, just to fall to your knees and lift up your hands. We're going to pray right now. Shokorobo, just as you press in uh, for the presence. Maybe you just want to lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray right now for the, for as the Lord uh, takes the offering of your little life. First of all, I want you just to come right now, just to come and, and offer your talent, offer your life, offer your little lunch to Jesus right now. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that the power of the gospel, Lord, would be manifested through the lives of every one of these believers. Lord, that they would be undone by you. They would be undone by your love. They would be undone by your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Break in on each one. Come, sweet Holy Spirit. Abba, Daddy God, I thank you that you are our Father. I thank you that you are our Father. I thank you that you can see and you can feel 
and you can hear and Lord, I thank you, sweet, sweet Jesus. You weep with those who weep and you care about everyone. And I thank you, God, that you stop for us. And right now, I pray for the power of the Lord to just break in on every one of you, that you would feel the, the love of God just cover you right now. Those of you who have felt weak in this crisis, those of you who felt alone in this time, that God himself would just cover you right now with his presence and you would feel the power and the presence of almighty God touch your lives. More Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Just abandon right now your life into the hands of Jesus. Just Offer your little life right now into the hands of Jesus. Offer your little life into the hands of Jesus and watch what he can do. He is going to multiply your little life for his glory. I bless you. I cheer you on and I champion you from Cabo Delgado, Mozambique. Ciao, ciao.